Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you today. We're up to a lot of stuff in our household and our homestead right now. Uh, To be honest with you, it's a little overwhelming in the planning stages and we kind of have to take breaks on thinking about it and we kind of have to take breaks on uh, doing stuff with it. Uh, A lot of action going on right now around here, even though we're not able to go outside and put a lot of it in place. Uh, The overnight temperatures have been, you know, in the teens below zero, and the daytime temperatures have gotten up to about zero. Um, So right now, it's a little bit cold outside. (laughs) But the chickens are doing great. Uh, They rarely leave the coop at all. Uh, We're getting one to two eggs a day right now. Uh, We do not have a light in their coop. But that's that's what the weather's like right now. And I want to welcome you. Anyway, what we've been up to today is uh, we've been up to quite a bit. Uh, We got some quail eggs in the mail uh, and we have them upside down right now, you know, pointy side down. And what we're doing, the reason we're doing that is because you're supposed to do that for 12 to 24 hours before you start incubating them. Uh, we got it, and of course the, the frickin' box was beat to shit. And uh, there was a hole in the side, and it had dents in it and everything else. But um, th- we, uh, we got the box in the house, we took it out, and there was only one broken egg right in the middle. I think it was probably broken when they put it in there, but we only ordered 25 eggs and the dude from My Shire Farm sent 30. Thank you, My Shire Farm. Uh, That's my plug for My Shire Farm right there. Anyway, um, so he sent 30 eggs, uh, so we'll be incubating 29. We opened one up and looked at it and it was kind of neat. I got the incubator set up and you know what you're supposed to do is set your incubator for 18 days when you're hatching out quail. Um, So I set it for 19 days because tomorrow morning I'm gonna be putting the eggs in there. I wanted to regulate the humidity levels and the temperature and get everything good for close to 24 hours before the eggs went in there. So I'm really excited about it and uh, it's a big exciting thing for us. It's gonna be the first time we've ever hatched eggs. Uh, It's the first time I get to use my incubator and uh, it's, it's just, a learning experience all the way around. Um, another thing is, is we're getting our garden stuff set up. Uh, we spent about a, a good hour at Menards getting all this stuff for gardening because uh, last year there was such shortages on all this stuff. Uh, that's not happening to us. Uh, so we got all the seeds and everything and all the uh, starter kits that we need to start gardening this year. We're going way too deep into this gardening thing for a couple of people that have never done it before. Uh, we've done it once, but it was very, very little to no uh, experience and we didn't really do much with it. Um, so anyway, we're excited, we're excited and we're really getting into that right now. Um, But anyway, today what I wanted to talk about was getting started with uh, poultry and chickens. You know, whether it be quail or chickens. uh, The first thing you want to do is have uh, an attainable goal. Um, So when we got our chickens, we did it just right. 
we got six birds and they were pullets. We did not raise them from chicks. If you do raise them from chicks, there will be some slightly added costs to this. Um, the reason I'm saying is because you need to make yourself a brooder, which is an area that you have, you know, uh, like a box or sides around where the chicks are and you have a lamp in there. So there's a warm spot in there. And how high off the ground you have that lamp decides on whether the chicks will be under it or around it or away from it. Um, if it's too high, they'll be huddled up together. If it's too low, they will all be away from it. And if there's some under it and some walking around and this, that, and the other thing, I mean, then you got it just right. Um, when, when we did it, we got pullets, you know, so we didn't have to do any of this. They were already fully feathered. Um, the one thing that was nice about that was we didn't have to spend the money on the brooder setup. But the problem was is we had to spend the money on the pullets, which is a lot more money. If you have kids in your household and whatnot, I would suggest getting the chicks and setting up a brooder. One thing, very big safety concern, if you are going to have a brooder in your house, make it so one of your freaking kids can hang from that heat lamp and that heat lamp will not come apart. Uh, I cannot emphasize to you enough, these heat lamps, they start fires. Spider webs on the heat lamp, anything. I know multiple people who have had house or garage fires or barn fires or whatever just because they did not take care or secure their heat lamps good enough. Um, one thing that I try to do is that if the heat lamp comes undone, I set a zip tie set up in such a way that if the heat lamp comes down at all, it unplugs it. So the very least that would happen is your chicks die. You know what I mean? You, what you wanna do is you wanna ensure that your buildings don't burn down. A few chicks are not worth that. So anyway, that's my big spiel on safety there. Um, what we've been, what we did is we got chick starter. Um, chick starter is a good thing. Uh, you can get any brand you want. I'm sure there's a hundred of them out there. Um, I don't know what exact kind of nutrients you want in there. Some people get medicated. We do not medicate our uh, poultry. We just get, we don't get the organic stuff either. We just get regular feed and, and use that. If you want to be uh, organic, go ahead and get that. If you want medicated, if you think there's some kind of huge disease out there that are going to get all your birds, go ahead and get that. Um, another thing, uh, they're eventually going to grow and sometimes you need to grow your brooder. Uh, we had to do that. Um, I just took plywood sides and built it and it was still real easy. We even made stuff for them to perch on so they could start getting used to their coop. It was a really good way to introduce them to perching. Uh, we just put a few things in there for them to kind of toy around with and whatnot. Uh, and we used pine bedding the whole time. Uh, with these quail, we're finding out that we're probably not going to be using the pine bedding. We are going to be using either puppy pads or shop towels to start with. Um, they only grow 
six weeks, you know, and they're only in the brooder for like three weeks of it. So this will be kind of an interesting experience for us. Um, but, but one thing I do want to ask you is what's your goal in this? Is your goal to get eggs? Okay, well, if you bring them from a chick up, I mean, you're probably going to be going a good six months of investing into these birds before you ever even get an egg, okay? And if you get these birds in the springtime, which most people do, you know, around Easter or whatever, you want to, you will be getting eggs all winter long for the most part, but you, you don't want to um, expect on too many. But the summer after that, your birds will be laying an awful lot. You're going to be getting quite a few eggs. So it's a good idea to get your, your birds in the springtime. And then that following winter will, will be good egg laying. Um, so if that's what you want. But if you're getting meat birds, um, you'll be butchering them at seven weeks. No big deal. Um, but they're going to be extremely dirty. This is something that if I had a brooder, I would never set this brooder up in my house because my heavens, the meat bird thing is pretty dirty. So you're gonna want it in a barn or garage or, or, or an old shed or something. Um, and you might wanna do that later in the year. Uh, you know, not like right away in March or something, you know, because of the snowstorms. Um, if, if you're in the northern climates like we are, um, that's something you just don't want to do. Um, but your goal needs to be something that's attainable. And you can always start small. Um, a lot of times you can get birds clear into June, you know. So I mean, if you're, if you get a bunch of birds in March, and you're like, geez, you know, this is easy and blah, 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 this wasn't so bad and I have more room for birds. You can buy more birds in June and start raising those birds. So it's not too hard to get, to get a good, a good uh, thing going there. Um, and another thing I'll tell you though, is, is chickens are easy. I mean, literally most days, what you're doing, you clean their pen maybe every two weeks or their coop. Um, and what you do is in the morning, you open the door, you just make it part of your daily routine. And when I open the door, I usually fill the water and fill the feed. And you can buy any kind of gimmickry feeder or make your own, it's all on YouTube, it's real easy to do. Same with the water. Um, in the winter right now, we use a heated dog bowl. It works great. We dump it out once a day, kind of run our hand around it, you know, just to make sure it has no gunk in it. Fill her back up. No big deal. They do not drink that whole pet bowl. Um, so use that and, and, and take that with a grain of salt if you like. Um, another thing is your goal in this chicken thing, you have to realize that you're investing money a lot until they lay eggs if you're getting egg birds. So by having just a few egg birds, it's a good idea to just have a few, get the eggs coming, and then keep your setup 
That way the next time you get chicks, you don't have to invest more. Um, you don't want these chicks going outside and stuff until they're fully feathered. So, I mean, they can be in their brooder and whatnot in the garage or whatever, but you don't want them out of their brooder until they're like six weeks old, the chickens. Uh, quail at three weeks old from what I hear. So be very careful as to what your goals are because if you go too big too fast you're going to be dumping tons of money into feed and all that before you ever get anything. That's why you know half a dozen birds or at most a dozen birds is what I would suggest for your very first time having chickens. Um, but also, I will tell you, by doing this, you already have the stuff that it takes to grow more birds. And this will give you the opportunity to grow. If you want to buy an incubator, and let's say you have a few roosters in your flock, you could wait till they start breeding, and you'll see it, you know, and then give it a few weeks, and then start incubating your own eggs, and just keep rolling through the punches there, and grow your flock to whatever you want. Um, a chicken coop, you can go as small as you want or as big as you want. If you think you're going to be growing, you know, I mean, you don't have to invest a whole lot of money. You can make a plywood box that breathes with somewhat of a sloped roof on it that's painted, and those chickens will be perfectly happy for a year or two, you know. And if that's all you want, you want a few eggs for your family a week, great. Um, that's a really good way to get started. When they're chicks, what we did is we fed crumble. Uh, crumble's easy for the little ones to get. But once they grew up, we went to pellets. And the reason we went to pellets is because it seems like you don't waste so much feed. Um, and another thing is, is in the summer, if we've been dumping feed into the pail for a few weeks, or the, we use a five gallon pail with holes drilled on the bottom of it. If we've been dumping feed in there and then we see there's a bunch on the ground, we don't fill that pail that day. We're like, well, screw you. You guys can scratch up the feed and eat it. And they do. And they, and they do well with that, too. They keep laying like a son of a gun. So anyway, that's, that's a couple pieces of advice I have for you if you're getting started. And, and like I said, the chicken thing is so easy. You will not have any problems with it as long as you're able to just do stupid little daily things which, I mean, you brush your teeth a couple times a day. I mean, that's easy. You probably have a dog. You feed that a couple times a day. It's not that hard. Um, but by doing this, it'll give you opportunity to grow. If you want to grow how many uh, chickens or quail or whatever you have. Um, by doing this daily stuff. Uh, your chores might take twice as long if you have more. But that's okay. No big deal. You just give yourself more time to do it. And uh, you can actually make money selling eggs. You know, um, I'm by and far not going to be the person that has this huge egg production and I sell my eggs to a supermarket that sells them for 99 cents a box. Not a chance. I would rather have a much smaller egg production and sell my eggs for $5 a box. That's going to be me. I'm not going to be the person. And my chickens are also going to be on grass in the summer. 
and they're also going to have dirt that they actually scratch up. They're not going to be in a cage their whole life. These chickens are actually going to have school bus yellow yolks, you know. And that's, that's my goal, is to get into something where I am charging five bucks a dozen and people don't even bat an eye. They're already out there. Why would, why would they not? But anyway, thank you for listening today. I just wanted to give you a few tips on getting started. Um, right now, with as cold as it is around here, you know, think about your goals right now. I know there's not a lot of time to take action outdoors right now, but that's what my wife and I are doing. What is your goal? Do you want chickens? Do you want quail? Do you want something that is uh, sustains your family? You know, with the last year, we've seen that the grocery stores can run out of stuff. And we also have seen that we can't trust the rest of the human population. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for listening today. I sure appreciate it. And uh, please give this uh, podcast a rating. Uh, hopefully, uh, I don't care if you give it a good or a bad rating. Either way, just get, please give it a rating if you get a chance on iTunes or Google or wherever you find it. Um, and I hope you have a good day. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Good morning and hello. Well, it may not be morning where you're at. It's 6.52 a.m. here in uh, central Minnesota. Uh, The 25th today, 25th of February, 2021. Uh, Shit's getting better around here, let me tell you. I got uh, 22 degrees in the car and that's 40 degrees warmer than it was about a week ago maybe a little over a week ago I don't remember but uh, we had three weeks of polar vortex and you guys were uh, definitely uh, the rest of the country got really bad weather Uh, thankfully here in Minnesota something to be very thankful for is that we are set up for very inclement weather uh, unfortunately, the rest of the country is absolutely not, and they definitely proved that. But why would you be? Why would you put all that government money into infrastructure and snow plows and all that stuff that you never need? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's very unfortunate. If you're from that part of the country, God bless you. I hope you're doing okay. I hope everything's all right for you. Um, yeah, just bad news, hey. But anyway, today I wanted to touch on a couple things. Uh, any of you wondering how my rat situation is doing? Uh, if I've sent him to the fiery depths of hell or not, I have not. Um, I, yesterday I went in there, I cleaned up all the shit that he's been gathering, all the chicken feed... And we, we feed our chickens table scraps, so, you know, there's leftover bones, leftover this, leftover that. That all this stuff is, is piled up because he, he or she piles it up and saves it somewhere, you know, kind of a pack rat type deal. And, and they get it in a spot that only they think they know where it is and they can come get it whenever they want. I'm guessing it's a female that's pregnant that's saving a bunch of shit for when it has little ones. And I really, really hope that it's not a pregnant female because I think there's only one on the property, but I'm not sure. That's all I saw in the snow. According to my snow tracks, that's all I saw. 
But that or it has little ones and it keeps going to get food and store shit every night. I don't know what, what the deal is with that. But anyway, so I took a, you know, I chewed into the side of our old school two-holer shitter uh, chicken coop that no longer has two holes for pooping in. Um, it chewed into the side of it and it was getting in that way. So I may have screwed myself over. I put a couple sticky glue boards in one of the egg baskets and put plywood in front of one of the egg baskets to ensure that a chicken does not get on a glue board. Well, then the next day I put a piece of plywood, tilted up, you know, kind of like a triangle, like it's leaning up against the wall, screwed it to the wall that way and put a glue board under that. So I had two different glue boards in there. The one glue board, it didn't touch at all. The other one had a bunch of sawdust on top of it and a little bit of rat hair and it was not moved whatsoever. Uh, that's kind of a bugger because, you know, these below freezing temperatures, maybe the glue boards don't work the way they're supposed to. I don't know. Uh, I should probably Google that. I don't know. But anyway, so what I did is I took a two by four, just a little hunk of two by four, right where he chewed through and put it in one of the holes that this real ambitious son of a bitch chewed into the side of the chicken coop so I covered that up and I was in hopes there's kind of another hole that looks like the rat chewed to either get out or in maybe it didn't complete it I don't know really but it looked like a a rat might be able to fit through that and I thought well if the glue boards are inside there and I got two of them in there you know this son of a bitch he's gonna get it well, he didn't visit the chicken coop last night. I went in there and just kind of checked it out. I was hoping to, you know, get the, you know, it was about, I don't know, 3.30 this morning. I went in there and I was in hopes that I was going to grab this rat out of there, throw it in the frickin' garbage can and wash my hands of this situation. But, no. I don't think he visited last night. There was no food packed anywhere. Not Nothing going on. So he probably got to that spot. That or he didn't come at all. Probably got to that spot, saw that the wood was there, tried getting in. was like, well, piss on this. I'm going in the barn. He lives in the horse barn, so I may have to divert my project over to the horse barn. I was kind of hoping to do this in the chicken coop because I can kind of contain the areas that I put uh, my traps and I can block them from the chickens. Uh, you know, the dogs don't go in the chicken coop area or in the chicken pen at all. We have a uh, four foot high wire around the thing with uh, a, it's just a steel posts with four foot high wire. It's about 120 feet by about 50 feet. And by the end of summer it's all bare dirt usually uh sometimes we we will block off a part let grass grow there and then let the chickens pasture on that and block off a different hunk it's it's just kind of a rotating pasture system that we have for the chickens uh, we let them get it down to nothing i mean the grass seed you just kind of toss it in there anyway it grows and then you get weeds and stuff and and the chickens eat it all uh, I also throw grass clippings when I mow. Like, I'll, I'll let them sit there for a day. 
some bugs nest in there and everything. And uh, what I'll do is I'll take the grass clippings and I'll just toss them in the chicken pen and they just like, they love that. They eat all the grass clippings and all the bugs out of there and everything. And they, they really think that's a heck of a deal. So anyway, now that I went off on that bunny trail, uh, no rat. I don't really know how I'm going to get this son of a gun, but it is what it is. I'll keep on that, and I will definitely keep you posted. As soon as I catch that thing, I'm going to make a podcast, and I'm probably going to be drinking a beer in celebration. Uh, and it's probably going to contain a lot of alcohol in that beer, just because I'll be very happy. All right, on to the next thing. Today I wanted to talk about brooders. Brooders. A brooder is an area that you have a heat source, such as a, uh, they use these infrared heaters, or you can get a heat lamp, or just a light bulb socket in a box and you throw a light bulb in there and keep that bugger on and it keeps a warm area for your chicks when they hatch or when you get them in the mail or pick them up from your feed store or whatever it's an area that they stay warm because they can't sit under their mommy uh so and it's not summertime so here let me take a drink of this awesome coffee Right now we're talking about brooders, and I have a few ideas as to how you can get brooders. We're setting our brooder up in, a, in our house this year for these quail that are going to be hatching scheduled tomorrow. Um, and my wife is on a horse group because we have horses. We have several horses. And she put on there... Hey, looking for stock tanks, it does not matter if they leak or not. So she got a shit ton of messages back, and we got four huge horse stock tanks that leak, but they will be perfect for chicken brooders. So I'm really happy about this. Uh, The one that I put in the house for safety reasons is a steel one. This is the one that we're going to have the quail in. You can also split your brooder, like put a wall in it. You know, if you get a big enough tank, you can put a wall in it. So, like, say I have quail on one side and chicks on the other, chicken chicks on the other. Um, I heard you're not supposed to have quail and chickens together. So we have another tank. All I got to do is take one of those plastic tanks. We got three plastic tanks and a metal one, all for free because they leak. And I'm really excited about this, you know, getting them for free. We got, we can also put garden in these things. I mean, just crazy, crazy deal. We can garden in these. We can do a lot. So we have the metal one downstairs. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a heat lamp on it. And I'm going to rig this heat lamp up so that if it were ever to fall or a cat were to hang on it, Uh, This is going to be in a room, by the way, that the cats can't go in. But, you know, if a kid does something stupid or a weird animal gets in there or somebody falls over, you know, so we don't start a fire in our home. So I'm going to rig it up 
so that it unplugs if it if it comes if it if it moves or comes down at all beyond a certain point. I would rather have dead chicks than a burnt down house, and I'm sure you're probably on the same page. And you may be asking yourself, why the hell does he not do this in the barn? Well, at first, I wanted to do these quail inside because it seems like every year during March and April, yes, the temperatures start to warm up a little bit, but we tend to have some of our biggest snowstorms in March and April. A few years ago, we got, what was it, 18 inches of snow in April, like second to the last week of April. Uh, it was a pretty warm storm, um, kind of weird. We had like a light tannish colored snow, and that was from a dust storm in Texas, believe it or not. Sorry to go on that bunny trail. But in your brooder, I have to get back on track here. In your brooder, you can use different watt bulbs. I'm going to be using a 250 watt bulb one foot off of the floor of the brooder at the first week. The second week, I'm going to move it up to 14 inches. The third week, I'm gonna be up at about 16 inches. The fourth week, they might be coming out of the brooder because they might be fully feathered. When they're fully feathered, you can take them out of the brooder. Now, chicken chicks will be in the brooder much, much longer. For like the first week or two, it's good to have it a foot off. Then, you keep moving it up an inch every week. And then eventually, you'll have it there. It'll be, you know, 20, 24 inches off of the floor of the brooder and you'll see them start getting feathers once they get fully feathered you put them wherever their chicken pen's gonna be they'll be great uh, I would not free range the young ones people do that let me go back on that it's up to you whether you free range the young ones I just think the young ones are so easy to catch that I would be a little bit more worried about predators. So do with that what you will. Anyway, um, I was watching a YouTube last night about My Shire Farm. You should really check this dude out. He's kind of intense, but he's a really, really cool dude. I ordered 25 eggs, he gave me 30. So that's the kind of business person this is, and that's the kind of people I like to work with. Very intense dude, but you know, he's, he's awesome. And he was showing his brooders. He doesn't use like the heat lamp style. It's just a light socket that's drilled into the side of a, um, a steel, what looks like a stainless steel giant sink. And he's got these fiberglass mats and wood shavings down on the bottom. And he's got these automatic waters, automatic feeders very good job he puts a hundred chicks in each brooder and they're not that big they're all quail by the way and he's throwing them in there this is a pretty neat operation you should go on youtube my share farm and look at the brooder setup it's pretty neat i wish i had brooders like that i, I don't know i might have to set me something up like that if we end up doing a a, uh, a poultry business of sorts 
But uh, for right now, you know, these stack tanks and all the heat lamps that I bought from Runnings and the backup light bulbs and all that happy shit. I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, you know, whatever works for you. I also noticed that people are using clear Tupperware totes as brooders. You know, if they have a few quail or something. Or your chicken chicks, whatever. You can use whatever you want. Uh, I made like a area of the barn and I just put plywood on its side, you know, two feet high when the chicks started to kind of perch and jump around and stuff. The chicken chicks here a few years ago. That worked freaking great. I mean, by the time they were going into their own coop, I had their own coop made for them. But by the time they went into that thing, I mean, they were happier than heck, you know, and, you know, looking pretty good. So anyway, good, happy, healthy poultry uh, they all start in your brooder unless you do it all El Naturel, which, hey, hats off to the people that do that. I, um, I'd like to try that someday, you know, if we ever get a Brody hen and a bunch of chicks. Uh, I think I might try that someday, you know, getting just, just marking a few eggs, letting the hen lay on them, and seeing how that goes. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you very much. If you do want to connect, I do have... Uh, poultry homestead podcast on instagram i'm not a very good instagrammer i don't really like it but i'd like you know if you want to connect go ahead give me an insta and uh my email ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com i would love to talk to you if you want to be interviewed i would love to interview you or talk to you or give me a buzz on my phone after a few emails, whatever works. Um, also, I just noticed that my podcast made iTunes. Really excited about that. Super happy. If you could, could you rate my podcast on iTunes? Uh, I would really appreciate that. That, that would help me tons. Uh, talk to you later. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening.